0: What is up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin, as always, and this is the No Filter Show. Um, I'm actually coming at you live and solo today. Uh, Jive Turkey Nano had something come up, and that's totally fine. These things happen, and we roll with the punches here at the MMA Anomaly Show. So... Let's go ahead and jump right into things. We are going to be breaking down UFC Vegas 77 today. Um, It is not the most stacked card in the whole wide world, but that's okay. We're still looking forward to it. Uh, (laughs) Who are you and where is MMA Anomaly, Miss Mary said, and she's got a great point. As you can see, everything went but the mustache um, because we are going to be embodying Ted Lasso for Comic-Con on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, should be a good time. Got the little AFC Richmond jacket. As you can see, for those of you watching the visual today, already wearing the visor. Uh, saddle up. Let's go, Diamond Dogs. Um, so, we are going to be jumping into UFC Vegas 77. <laughs> the Blackado just said in the chat, who the fuck is this guy? Um, this is a young man who grills... On a, on a Thursday night. It was fantastic, by the way. Uh, it came out great. Shout out shout out to the brother-in-law for the um, leave-in thermometer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Such an old man thing to say, but it is so nice to have. And uh, jumping right into the card, we are going to do things just a little bit differently here. Um, so let's see how this works out. Boom. There we go. First fight we are going to jump into is... Ashley Evans-Smith versus Eileen Perez. Let's see what that looks like. So we have six and five on one side, seven and two on the other side. Both have lost their last fight. One fighting out of Argentina, one fighting out of the U.S. Uh, Heights are pretty different here. We have a three-inch height advantage in favor of Ashley Evans-Smith. We also have a bit of a reach advantage. Not quite as significant of the reach advantage here when it comes to uh you know the difference it's only an inch and a half however i love that they show this on the ufc actual website right so they show the leg reach difference it's a four inch difference which means the kicks are going to be able to get there at a much further distance in favor of ashley evan smith um that being said (laughs) you look like you wear open toe sandals and cargo shorts right you are sir right you are that is exactly how i look um so, with, with basically everything going on in this fight, I got to be honest with you when I say I just think it's going to go in favor of Ashley Evan smith That being said, she has had quite a lengthy layoff, and that could definitely pay dividends for her opponent, Eileen Perez, which is why I, I kind of want to avoid betting on this fight. Uh, but if, gun to my head, I'm going Ashley Evan smith uh, I'm more of a fan of her just because I've seen her fight more often And also, I just think she has more paths to victory in this specific fight. Um, Moving forward, we have Alexander Munoz coming in against Carl Deaton. And if you're watching the visual representation here, let me just tell you guys, this, this this is not some man named Alexander Munoz. This is a man named Michael Chandler who's fed up. That he's having a weight on Conor McGregor who doesn't want to fight. And so he grew his hair out and uh, decided to fight under a fake name with a fake record. You're not fooling me, Michael Chandler, long-haired Michael Chandler. You didn't even freaking change weight classes, really. Come on. Uh, So my money's on Michael Chandler uh, or or Wish.com Michael Chandler. Now, just kidding. All jokes aside, Carl Deaton has the much more stacked record here with 17 and six coming in uh, against six and two. Again, both men's last fights were losses, which is is pretty tough, right? Um, Both men fighting out of the U S two inch height difference in favor of uh, Michael Chandler doppelganger, as well as the reach advantage and the leg reach advantage. So basically all things point in favor of the man with less experience. Again, I got to go with Alexander Munoz, AKA wish.com. Michael Chandler moving into the next one. We got Tyson Nam. This guy's an absolute beast. He's coming in against Azat Maxim, who doesn't even have a picture on here or a record that shows up. Um, it's tough. He is fighting out of Kazakhstan though, which makes him an instant threat, right? Probably going to be a really strong grappler. Um, realistically, I got to bet on my guy Tyson numb again, gun to my head. It's going to be Tyson numb. He has knockout power in both hands. He likes to swing and bang. And the man is just, he's a beast, right? He doesn't mind getting hit to deal damage, which is why he's 21 and 13. Um, As long as he's able to keep this fight standing, there's not a doubt in my mind that he's able to score a knockout or at the very least make this fight nasty and get a split decision victory. Moving into the next one, we got Evan Elder coming in against Gennaro Valdez. Um I mean, looking at their pictures, these guys look like they're in different weight classes. Seven and two coming in against ten and two. Both guys last fights, losses. Um, was the last one two Losses as well? I believe so. My goodness. Loss and debut. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So, so far, we are a handful of fights into the card, and not one person uh, is coming off of a win. Tough, tough card. Again, I've said this before. I will say it again, folks. We're coming off of International Fight Week here. We're coming off of one of the best fight cards we've ever seen. And, you know, we got to give the UFC a little bit of a break here when it comes to this kind of thing, because let's, let's just be completely honest and completely candid. We all loved what happened last weekend. We all loved that fight card last weekend. We all loved International Fight Week, even those of us that complained about it. Um, you know who you are. You still had a good time. Um, and here we are. There are going to be people on Twitter complaining about this card, saying it's watered down, that it's not, it's lackluster, etc. I, for one, will still be watching it and enjoying it on Saturday. I can't wait. Uh, so, we're going to go ahead and continue breaking down these fights. Uh, and I do agree with you, the Blackado. Tyson. Tyson got TNT in them hands, man. Um, (laughs) He can't get over the fuzzy lip. He said, Um, or the lip fuzz. You know, it's. I I feel like it's not a bad look. I don't know. I don't know. I I do feel a little bit like uh, Ned Flanders, and you know that's that's okay. That's okay. Uh, So, again, let's go to the presenting layout here. Boom, boom. Boom. There we go. So, again, uh, 7-2 coming in against 10-2. Very, very close on height. Uh, As as Goldie would say, everything else is virtually identical. Um, Again, not real huge discrepancies here. Uh, I like Evan Elder in this fight. I don't know why. I just feel like he has the edge. Um, But I could be completely wrong. Uh, Both these guys are coming off of a loss. Both these guys look like they could, they had room for improvement in their last fight. But, you know, uh, I I, I do think that Evan Elder ends up getting it done here. He is the favorite. uh, So I I guess I'm thinking on the right track here. (laughs) Moving into the next one, we got Austin Lingo. This one's actually going to be a fun fight, in my opinion, coming in against Melchizedek Costa. Um, Melchizedek Costa, you might remember, he actually took his last fight or his debut fight. In the UFC on very short notice. Uh, Good for him for taking it and stepping up. It obviously earned him a little bit more of a contract in the UFC. We'll see how he performs in this one. I think he actually has a good shot at beating Austin Lingo. But Austin Lingo is a very, very game fighter. So, again, I don't know if you're noticing this, but there's a little bit of a trend here, folks. Uh, Both of these gentlemen are coming off of a loss. So, 5'10", 5'10", uh, for the heights, similar reach, literally a one-inch difference, similar leg reach, a one-and-a-half-inch difference, again, virtually identical. Uh, the biggest difference in discrepancy here is Austin Lingo is 9-2, and two, meaning he only has 11 fights. His opponent is 19-6, and six, meaning he's got 25 fights. That's a significant difference in experience, which is why I'm leaning towards Mel Cizal Costa to get it done. I actually like him by submission. Um, he is a favorite in this fight, which I didn't realize. Uh, but it makes sense, right? He very well should be a favorite. And again, he's had a full camp for this one. He looked really good in his debut fight. And that was on very short notice, folks. I, I like I like this guy in this fight. And uh, I think he has a very promising future in the UFC. Looking forward to watching him do his thing and uh, represent Brazil. Moving into the next fight, we got Victoria Dudakova. Coming in against Estela Nunez, six and zero versus six four and one no contest. It's a debutante coming in against someone coming off of a loss. Again, you may notice a little bit of a trend here, folks. Um, That trend is is literally the fact that nobody has is coming off of a, a win coming into this card, which is just wild because we're like what six seven fights in now. Anyways, I digress. We have uh, the woman from Russia here making her debut. She stands at 5'5", coming in against Brazil's very own Estela Nunez, who stands 5'4". This fight is going to be, I believe, a flyweight fight. Uh, No, strawweight fight. So, uh, Victoria Dudikova will actually be coming down in weight from 124, um, which is why she has the slight reach advantage with one inch over her. I don't know enough about Victoria Dudikova to, to really put bets on this, to be completely honest. It's her debut um, I wasn't able to find a ton of tape on her. Estella Nunez has looked really, really good in her last fight, uh, but even though she lost, um, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a, a pick them Let's see what the odds are. It, it's pretty much a lot of these are, are very, very close. So we got minus 205 on the newcomer, plus 175 on Estella Nunez. You know what? Let's go with the Russian on this one, folks. We'll bet a shot of vodka on it. Uh, Tucker Lutz Coming in against Melsik Bagdasarian. Bagdasarian. Um, this is a this is a tough fight to bet on. Again, both men, the one from the United States and the one from Armenia coming in off of a loss. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I agree with you, uh, Hato. I, I also lean on experience in these fight situations. Um In this same situation, I got to lean on Tucker Lutz here. He's got way more experience, uh, almost twice as many fights, to be completely honest. And both men are coming off of a loss. Melsic showed a lot of holes in his game in his last fight. He has a two-inch reach deficit coming in against Tucker Lutz. Uh, And and I mean, even though he's the taller man, I don't think that it's going to by any means make Tucker Lutz be punching up because it's not a significant height difference. For that reason, I got Tucker Lutz coming in there and getting work done. Um, probably getting it done inside the distance. I don't know why I feel like he gets a finish in this one, folks. So that's it for the prelims. Moving into the main card, we got Nazim Sadikov coming in against Terrence McKinney. I like Terrence McKinney a lot. Dude's an absolute stud. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. As long as his opponent doesn't throw a flying knee, there's no reason he doesn't win this fight, folks. Um that being said, all of, his, all of his losses that have come by way of finish have come by way of flying knee, which is wild. So if his opponent slides a flying knee in there, you know, Nazeem, uh could, could be sneaky with it. He is the first fighter on the entire fight card, folks, that is coming off of a win. Cheers to that. We'll drink some water for that. So, 8-1, and one. Not a super stacked record, but again, he's got a winning record. He's eight and one. He's coming in against a 13 and five Terrence McKinney, who literally got just flying need into oblivion by his last opponent. It sucked to see um, both men stand exactly five, 10 Terrence McKinney, however, has a significant reach advantage here with a four and a half inch reach advantage. However, he's got shorter legs. Wild. His just his ape index is insane. The man's arms are super long. You can actually see it in the pictures, right? They they hang much lower in the pictures here visibly than his opponent, Nazim. So I don't know why. I'm definitely betting with my heart on this one. But uh, my heart's telling me Terrence McKinney, and I'm going to go with it by golly. So I got Terrence McKinney by finish. Uh, moving into this next one, we got Norma Dumont. Um, unless I'm mistaken, I believe she's the one that uh, Laura Sanko said had cakes. So uh, definitely go back and watch that weigh-in moment. It was hilarious. Norma Dumont jumping into the actual fight, though, has literally twice as much fight experience as her opponent, Chelsea Chandler. Not to be confused with Chelsea Handler. Um, One's a bad comedian, one possibly a bad fighter. I'm not sure. Haven't seen enough of her in the octagon. But both of these women are coming off of a win. Chelsea Chandler did look really good in her last fight, as did Norma Dumont. In this one, I am leaning towards the experience. I'm leaning more towards Numa Dumont. I think her grappling will actually be able to negate um, a lot of what Chelsea Chandler will, will be able to bring to the table. Uh, just being completely honest here, Chelsea Chandler is a really good fighter. Again, I don't think that this is going to be one-way traffic by any means, but I do see this being um, one of those fights where we'll we'll know the outcome of the fight within the first like one to two minutes. Uh, let's be completely real. So, like, again, Norma Dumont is really, really good. She's uh, a bit of a decision machine, Machine, sorry, excuse me, which I don't mind. Um, she actually started her UFC winning run against Ashley Evan Smith, who is starting off this card for us. Uh, then she went on to beat Felicia Spencer, Aspen Ladd, had a loss to Macy Chazon, beat Danielle Wolf, beat Carol Rosa, all of those for the most part are unanimous decisions aside from that Felicia Spencer one. That was a split decision, but again, she definitely won that fight here. Um, I, I again I just I think she has the the skills to get this done. Chelsea Chandler, however, is really good. Two KOs, one submission, two decisions. Um, her only loss was her very first fight against Carrie Kenson and in an Invicta FC 28. Uh, and that was all the way back in March 24th, 2018. So a lifetime ago in combat sports, if we're being completely honest with ourselves here. But again, my money's on Norma Dumont here. I'm taking the experience. I'm taking the grappling and I'm just taking the overall, in my opinion, strength. I I think Norma Dumont is very, very strong for the weight class. And I think we're going to see every bit of that strength on display on Saturday night, folks. In this next one, we've got Albert Duraev coming in against Jung, young park. Um, this is actually a really fun fight, in my humble opinion. I mean, both of these guys, lots of fun. Jung Young Park is, I think his nickname is like the Iron Turtle or something like that. Uh, and again, I'm not mad at it, right? Like, it's a very he's a very fun fighter, really good defensive fighter. Um, do I think that this fight is going to win fight of the year? No. It might win fight of the night, though, on this card. Who knows? I mean... The Iron Turtle, like I said, always comes to bang. He's got five KOs, five submissions, six decisions. I don't think there's a better definition of a well-rounded fighter, folks. Um, we know who Super Shan is going for here. Super Silly Shy Guy in the chat. He's going for the Turtle. Uh, so, Iron Turtle on the right there. Put put your money on that guy, Super Shan. Super Silly Shy Guy. Um, again, his opponent, though, Albert Duraev, Machete, 16 and 4 with 3 KOs, 9 submissions and 4 decisions. Obviously not quite as well-rounded, but as you can see he leans a little bit more towards the submissions. He is a bit of a submission machine. Um I actually this might be me being crazy here. I like Park Jung-young in this uh in this fight. Um or Jung-young Park. Why? Because I think he's a really good defensive wrestler. I think he actually has solid defensive grappling as well. And I think um, his opponent, Duryev's best means to victory are via submission. So I could see him gassing himself out, eating unnecessary shots, and then uh, kind of a grimy, windy whiny back back-and-forth battle uh, of attrition ends up going by way of split decision to the one, the only, the Iron Turtle, Young Park. Um, Moving into the next fight... We got Ataman Azaitar, a.k.a. Mr. Potato Head, coming in against Francisco Prado. If you don't know why I'm calling this guy Mr. Potato Head, let me tell you a little story. Story time, folks. Um, man on the left was fighting in Abu Dhabi at Fight Island. And what happened is he sent his guy out with uh one of his security passes that was not his guy's. Basically snuck the guy out of the fighter hotel. And then the guy to sneak back in scales the building. Like I'm talking James Bond climbing on the side of a hotel building in Abu Dhabi, sneaks a bag into the room. UFC fires this guy, right? And I know you're all wondering, why? Why Mr. Potato Head? What does this have to do with Potato Head? Guys, (laughs) this young man, after getting fired from the UFC, was asked what was in the bag, and he said it was just potatoes. He was just bringing me potatoes. Potatoes? Come on, Mister Potato Head. Come up with a better excuse than that. So, Ottomana uh, Zaitar, Mister Potato Head, is thirteen and one, coming in against an eleven and one, Francisco Prado. Now, Francisco Prado literally looks like a Ken doll, uh, but but the Argentinian version, right? So, both these men coming off losses. You got Argentina coming in against Morocco, five eight, coming in against five ten. Definitely a much larger man here uh, on one side. This fight, however, is going to take place at 155. So you got the Argentinian coming down a little bit from 170. Should be a really interesting fight because, I mean, he packs a punch, Francisco Prado. Ottoman Zaitar is really, really strong, but I'll be completely honest. He's inconsistent in my humble opinion here. Um, so I just... I find it hard to bet on this one, so I won't be. Um, If you put a gun to my head and asked me to bet, I'd probably say Ottoman Azaitar. I feel like Mr. Potato Head is probably going to get a secret bag of potatoes and come out there just swinging for the wind. Um, And just like Super Silly uh, Shy Guy said, you know, potato, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew for all the Lord of the Rings fans out there. Um, Yeah, I I think Mr. Potato Head gets it done. He's versatile just like a potato. And for that reason, I think he gets it done. Uh, moving into the next fight. This is what I'm really, really excited about. Let's go. So, Jack Della Madalena versus Basil Hafez. Man, Jack Della Maddalena. I think this is his fourth opponent that he has accepted in like a month and a half, folks. Like, This guy just can't catch a break. Neither can his opponents, though, with all due respect. Like the last guy had a brain condition. Instead of getting to fight on Saturday, he's gonna have surgery. Um, could have died if he didn't get those UFC medicals done. So good, good on him for stepping up to fight JDM and uh good on them for you know pulling him from the fight card and saving his life, possibly. Um now, th- that being said, Jack Della Maddalena fighting out of Perth, Australia, he's an absolute stud. And I will say that United States uh specifically. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania's own um, Basil Hafez, Badre, he's got his work cut out for him. However, he's coming off of a KO punch win from Fury FC 75 over Evan Cutts. Um, He's not bad. I mean, he's, he's actually a solid fighter. That's his only KO, though, that last fight, right? And before then, he's had four submissions, three decisions. He's lost three decisions as well, and he's had one draw. Fights out of Elevation Fight Team, which is actually a really solid fight team. Um, Definitely a more well-known fight team than Scrappy MMA, which is where JDM fights out of. However, JDM, in my opinion, is one of the best, if not the best, boxer at 170 pounds. Um, This is going to be a really, really interesting fight. Uh, The fact that Basil Hafez has four submissions and three decisions under his belt And then if you look at his actual amateur career, before actually making a pro, he had uh, two TKOs and four submissions. Or sorry, two TKOs and three submissions. So, again, and like he had a key lock, he had a triangle, he had a rear naked choke. Like, very, very versatile. I actually think that of all the people that he's been scheduled to fight, this might be one of the most dangerous folks that he could get paired against because... I mean, just, just like the, the UFC website here shows, there's not a lot of tape on him, right? Like he uh I mean there is if you really do some digging, but he doesn't even have a picture on the UFC. He's only eight and three. Um but he, he brings a lot of threats to the table and not a lot of uh you know bolstering of your fandom if you beat him. So there's not a lot to lose for Basil Hafez, and there's a lot to gain. That's the scariest kind of person in the world. Um, I'm betting on JDM here, but I don't like it. I definitely don't like it. I'm scared for him, for sure. For darn sure. Uh, so, moving into the next one, we have the main event of the evening, folks. We got Holly Holm coming in against Myro Bueno Silva. Um, 15 and 6 on the red side, coming in against 10, 2, and 1 for the, for Myro Bueno Silva. And um, both these women coming off of wins, which is good to see. A little bit of a height advantage for Holly Holm, a little bit of a reach advantage for Holly Holm for sure. Two and a half inches, and the leg reach is actually uh, in favor of Myro Buena Silva, which is honestly a little bit wild in my opinion. Um, however, I got to be honest, like Holly Holm just signed another like seven or eight fight deal with the UFC, even though she's forty one years of age. She's an absolute beast of a woman. Honestly, this woman's probably going to fight until she's like 48 years old. And I'm not mad at it if she keeps doing what she's been doing for the last few fights. She's an extremely skilled boxer and her wrestling negation skills continue to just get better and better and better and better every single fight. And again, like I, I love to see it. So she's 15 and six at this point coming in against Myra Bueno Silva, who's 10 and two, like I said. Um, bueno Silva has one KO, And her pro career, seven submissions and two decisions. Meanwhile, on the other side, Holly Holm has eight KOs, zero submissions and seven decisions. Again, really, really good at negating wrestling and negating the submissions. She has actually only been submitted one time in her professional career. And uh, I believe that was quite some time ago. Yeah, it was about 2016 against Misha Tate. It was a rear naked choke submission. So Holm is super, super well-rounded. She's really, really solid. And I just think that Myra Bueno Silva has her work cut out for her. Um, If I'm being honest, it's an uphill battle for for Bueno Silva. Uh, Let's see here what Turtle said. It's a retirement contract. It's basically just saying she will always be under contract and can't fight for another promotion. She isn't fighting out of that contract. I agree, Turtle 301. Um, I, I don't see her fighting all eight of those fights. But, I, I mean, you got to make the joke that if she does, she's going to fight till she's 48. Because how often does she fight, right? Like, she fights, like, once a year, twice a year. If that, I mean, she fought twice in 2020, didn't fight in 2021, fought once in 2022, and then fought uh, Yana, Yana Santos back in March. So, you know, she's, like, five fights every four years. Yeah, she'll, she'll get out of the contract by the time she's about 46, 48. So, yeah, excited to see it, man. Sign me up for those fights. <laughs> Um, that being said, Shitara versus the preacher's daughter. I, I, I see it being not one way traffic for the first round. Maybe after the first round though, it'll probably just start leaning heavily in favor of Holly Holm, And then it'll just be her piecing her up at distance with that jab. She has a very beautiful jab in MMA, um, especially in women's MMA. It's one of the best jabs in women's MMA, in my opinion, which makes sense, right? She comes from a boxer background. So we expect to see that kind of thing here, folks. Um, and she puts it on display every single fight that boxing prowess has really great footwork in and out of the pocket actually has surprisingly good head kicks for somebody that started a majority of their career off as a boxer predominantly, not a kickboxer. So that's it. Those are my picks for the UFC card. Um, that being said, I did want to talk about something else though. Just just for a second here guys. Um I want to talk about this this Dricus Duplessis and I'd love it if you guys could chime in in the chat here a little bit. Um The Trickus du- Duplessis coming in and uh you know saying that he's going to be the first champ to take the belt to Africa and Izzy on the other side of things saying that you know, that's not okay essentially, uh, because he's the African champ and he already has done that. So I want to play a, a couple of different things here. I have two videos that I want to play, and um again, love to hear your thoughts in the chat on this. Do you think that that Dracas duplessis is in the wrong here? Um, I definitely kind of do. Um I think it would have been maybe smarter for him to say, like, I'm going to be Africa's most dominant champ or Africa's longest reigning champ. That would have been better than the first African champ or the first real African champ. You're just asking to invite flack if you do that kind of thing, folks. So that being said, I'm uh, going to go ahead and pause the music here for just a second and going to go ahead and just play this quick clip so that way you are aware of what I'm talking about with plus uh, Duplessis here. I'm going to take a bow to Africa. I'm the African fighter in the UFC. Myself and Cameron, we breathe the African air. We wake up in Africa every day. We train in Africa. We're African-born. We're African-raised. We still reside in Africa. We train out of Africa. That's an African champion, and that's who I'll be. So, um, again, as you saw at the top, I do not own the rights to these videos. Um, to any of the background videos that I play or, or videos that I play to accompany thoughts, I don't own the rights. Quick disclaim... So yeah, I agree with you, Hutto. Uh, it, it it really is South Africans versus the rest of Africa at this point, right? We got um Cameron Simon, we got uh, DDP, Drinkers Two Plus E. There, it's big and little brother right there, and they're they're the poster children for South Africa. Um, but there is another thing that I want to point out to you folks here, and, and that's the fact that. And and I was gonna do multiple clips here, but I didn't have time. I didn't want to keep making people wait longer than eight thirty for me to go live here, but. Uh, I did find at least one of these clips. Again, I don't own the rights to these clips. So uh, please don't hit me with the DCMA or DMCA, whatever it's called, strike here. But um, something I noticed is Adesanya tries to play the country card often. I remember there was a um, kind of a tale of the tape where he was saying that like Robert Whitaker is a fake um, New Zealander or something like that, that he's Australian. I I don't remember, but he was basically like, Using that as like a, a focal point in the in the buildup. Um, I was having a heck of a time trying to find that. But I did find this instead. Man, I really appreciate China and I appreciate Willing Kong. Black outside, China inside. I am Chinese. I'm the black dragon. So Adesanya is Chinese. Apparently. Allegedly. Play it one more time. I really appreciate China, and I appreciate Willing Home. Black outside, China inside. I am Chinese. I'm the Black Dragon. So, (laughs) there's a lot to unpack there. I mean... I, I don't really know what else to say. Like, honestly, I feel like the whole thing is, is kind of silly. Like just fight. Like it, there, it doesn't have to be like, I'm the first African. Um, I, I completely agree. The context is definitely different from what DDP is saying. Um, and like what he said in his full, like kind of post fight presser was me and Cameron are the only fighters that haven't left Africa that still wake up in Africa, breathe African air train in Africa. So, I mean, he's not wrong when he says that he'll be the first fully African champ that lives, breathes and trains in Africa. Like Adesanya left there some time ago. He very, very proudly claims Auckland, New Zealand as his home. Um, so I mean, like in that context of things, like I'm not mad at it as long as this doesn't turn into like a race thing, which I feel like it could very easily do. Um, And I don't want the build up to ever become like a part like that. You know, it's just, we don't need another Colby Covington style villain here. Just let it be like, I don't know, like a Rocky villain where like you, but not like the bad guy, Rocky villain, like the Russian, the good ones where you can root for the bad guy or the good guy. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like there has to be a bad guy in fighting there just should be two competitors and maybe one that you favor more because you relate with on a personal level or or you like their fight style or maybe you like a couple things that they say or think they're witty I don't know but I don't think there has to be a bad guy and a good guy in fighting in my opinion um again that's just my opinion so that being said um shorter episode tonight don't have my co-host with me and that's all good let's see what the placado said here in the chat so DDP is coming across as challenging Izzy's culture not where he's fighting um not where he's fighting out of or calling home I do agree like he is crossing lines right at the same time I would have been more in favor of Izzy up until last Saturday when Izzy decided to jump the cage I don't know if he was drunk or what but that man crossed a bunch of lines I feel like there was just no reason for him to. He came off as like a an upset child in the cage on on Saturday, and completely stole the shine from what DDP was able to accomplish in the octagon against a true legend in Robert the Reaper Whitaker. So, I don't know. I, I just I didn't like seeing that. I didn't think that that was champion behavior. And I, I to be honest, as an Israel Adesanya fan, like I've liked, and, and you can speak to this, Hato. Like you know, I was one of the people that was telling you guys about Adesanya in the group chat before he was a household name. Literally, I watched his first fight, like, or I watched him fight before the UFC, but I watched his first fight in the UFC glued to the TV. So stoked that he had finally made it. So I love Adesanya. And as an Adesanya fan, I was just very let down on Saturday by his his behavior, by the mentality that he showed. And honestly, like, I, I get I, I did I saw that he said he was gonna do it, but it doesn't matter. Like if I say I'm gonna shoot somebody in the head, it doesn't make it okay if I do it, you know? Like, just because you say you're gonna do something doesn't make it okay that you do it. Um, that just means that you had already predetermined that you were gonna do something stupid and um childish in this fact. So yeah, I mean just like don't overstep. Stay in your lane to an extent. Um and if you want to be a champion and you want to be one of the greatest of all time, you have to exude that championship mentality and that championship attitude at all times inside and outside of the octagon. And the way that he carried himself on Saturday was just, it was childlike. It was not champ. Like I'll tell you that. And I say that as a humble fan of Adesanya. So um, that being said, that is the show folks. Um, As always, always appreciate you guys coming in. If you haven't already done it, uh, whether you're new here or returning, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications. I look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode where we will be basically breaking down how these fights turned out uh, and what we think should be next for these folks as well as reacting uh, pretty immediately when we go live on Tuesday to that week's episode of The Ultimate Fighter. Um, We'll probably be doing an early episode on Wednesday that day because i will be going to comic-con on thursday obviously gonna be ted lasso um so yeah we'll figure it out we'll go live uh, probably tuesday and wednesday next week we'll keep you posted with the live schedule and until then folks as always keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive and we appreciate you